afflictions, trials, and, and tribulations. And those storms of life will come and affect every one of us at one point. Uh, whether you're young or old, you're going to experience trials. And those trials, as we know, can come in different forms, right? I mean, it could be financial trials. You may have lost your job and you're having difficulty and struggling just to even provide for your family and, 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 and just uh, provide in a way that's going to keep food on the table. That might be a trial that you're going through right now. Or it might be a, a trial in your marriage. Maybe you're having a lot of conflict, a lot of strife in your marriage relationship. Maybe even your spouse is at a point where he, he or she has given up and, and wants out of the marriage. So that might be the trial that you, you might be in. Or it might be a trial where you, it might be a wayward uh, son or daughter that has gone off and gone out of God's will. And that's been a burden in your heart. And, and you keep praying for, for your son or daughter that he, will come, he or she will come back to the Lord. And that might be a burden, a big burden in your heart. And that might be causing a lot of conflict even in the, in the, in the home situation. Or it might be a, a serious illness. Maybe you're struggling with, with an illness, a chronic illness, that you just don't see any, any uh, way out of it. You haven't gone over it and you've been praying and, and, and you continue to suffer with this condition. Maybe it's cancer that you're struggling with, and you don't know which direction you're going to go, uh, whether you're going to uh, 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 respond to the treatment, or you don't know what God has in store for you in, in that situation. So these are trials. They're real. And, and all of us are, will experience those trials uh, at one time or other in our lives. Some of us will experience more trials than others. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, we all will experience trials. And that's a given in life. And, and as Christians, we're not immune to trials, right? And one would think that as Christians, you know, we know God, God loves us. And why would He put us through these difficult uh, seasons, this di- these difficult storms of life? You know, after all, we know Him and, and He should bless us. But the fact of the matter is, really, God will use these trials ultimately for His purposes and ultimately for His glory. You know, and He will use these trials to help us mature as Christians and strengthen our faith in Him. So, in John uh, 16.33, it says, In me you will have peace, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He gives us that reassurance. And the important things that we need to consider when we do face those trials is what, are, what kind of approach are we going to have? I mean, what is going to be our attitude as we face that trial and as we go through the trial? What kind of attitude are we going to have? And who are we going to rely on in and through the trial? And ultimately, what is the purpose that God has for us in this specific trial that He's He's allowing us to go through? Now, tonight, we will be studying out of the Gospel of Mark. If you want to turn there in chapter 6, in verses, uh, we'll be covering verses 45 through 51. Mark 6, uh, chap- in verses 45 to 51. 
And in this scripture, just to give you a little background, uh, we'll be looking at the storm that the disciples had to go through. Uh, and we'll see how Jesus really was intimately involved every step of the way. And as we study through this, this story, you know, I hope that you know, we can see the relevancy to the trials that we face. And I pray that it will give us a better perspective on how to deal with these trials as they come our way. And of course, I also pray that it will remind us through the study really how... What, the God that we serve, and how He's so intimately intertwined in and through our trials. And, and so I pray that it will be a blessing for all of us, because we've all been there. <laughs> if you're not in a trial now, you will be in one. Maybe you're just getting out of a trial. I know personally, I, I've just got out of a trial. And I'll, I'll be sharing that a little with you guys down in, into the study. But in the study, the different points that we'll be looking at are, number one, Jesus commands us to obey His will as we face trials. Number two, Jesus intercedes and prays for us and in and through the trials. And Jesus watches over us in the midst of those trials. And Jesus tests our faith with our trials, and He will protect us through the trial. And number six, Jesus, of course, comes in His perfect timing as we face the trials. And He also encourages us as we face trials. And ultimately, we see how He is glorified in and through the trial. So to give you a little background uh, on this story, it takes place after Jesus had just performed the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And the disciples had witnessed this great miracle. So they're in an attitude of celebration. I mean, it's a big miracle that He had just performed. And let's go ahead and, and start reading, in, in starting in verse 45 of Mark 6. It says, Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mount to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land, Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost. And they cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled, for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. The first word we see in verse 45 is the word immediately. And what does that mean? Immediately, right? (laughs) Without a delay, right away. Jesus commanded the disciples to get on that boat and to start sailing to the west side of the Sea of the Galilee. And this was a command, really, that must have been difficult for the disciples to really understand. Why, all of a sudden, are we being commanded to get on the boat and sail away? I mean, we just witnessed this great uh, uh, miracle. And how? why would Jesus be sending us off now? Well... 
Jesus, of course, had to do a work in their hearts still. He still had to make them go through that storm because he knew he was going to strengthen their faith in, in and through that. And of course, if he would have allowed them to stay behind and continue celebrating, you know, the pride would have come in and they would have got all puffed up and, and that wouldn't have been a good thing. So as Christians, you know, we, we are called to obey God's commands as, as he calls us through his word and, and we respond to his calling in our lives. And many times, you know, these commands may not be uh, very uh, convenient for us. They might not be very popular. And they might even be difficult and challenging for us to obey. But it is our obedience to God that will bring blessings, isn't it? And it's often, it is often that God will get us out of our comfort zone to fulfill His will. You know, and it is our willingness to follow God's will in our lives that will make it possible for our lives to be used according to His purposes and ultimately for His glory. So it, it, it's all about obedience. So no matter how difficult or challenging it is to obey His commands, we still need to trust the Lord. As He commands us to do something, as He calls us to go a certain path, ultimately we need to trust in His sovereign will in our lives, that he has, our, he has the best for us. He knows what the best is for us. And we need to trust in that fact and, 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 and walk in obedience with the confidence that God is in control every step of the way. But it's a matter of being obedient to that calling. You know, in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And that's the promise that He gives us in His Word. That, you know, as He calls us, He He will uh, ultimately give us a future and a hope in this, whatever calling He has for us. Whatever command He has for us. Even in the midst of those trials, He promises us that He's going to carry us through that trial. Ultimately, He's going to give us a hope and a future. And it may not seem evident when you first enter into that difficulty or that, that trial, that, that something good is going to come out of it, as we know. But ultimately, again, we need to trust in Him. That He does promise a future and a hope, and He, he promises that we're going to have peace in it. But it's a matter of, again, that initial obedience to respond to that calling as He, he commands us. And it would have been easier to understand that the reason Jesus put those disciples on the boat uh, was to, to discipline them for their disobedience. But the fact is, the disciples had not been disobedient up to that point. And as Christians, we need to understand that, you know, just because we're obedient to God and, and we're faithful in, in the things that He calls us to do, it doesn't mean that He's going to keep us from those trials, right? But He does promise that He's going to carry us through those storms of life. And that's the promise that we hold on to. You know, and, and obedience, of course, many times does bring trials. And, and, and we need to remember that. We may go through some trials, even through our obedience. And despite those difficult seasons, again, we still need to trust that God is at work and ultimately will work things out for good and ultimately for His glory. So if you're not having any trials at all, that might be an issue. 
You know, and, and if, if you're not having any impact on, on the kingdom of God and, 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 and your walk is, there's no fruit in your walk, then the enemy is less likely to create any trials your way, right? So that could be an issue too. Um, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12 says, In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him, who works all things according to the counsel of His will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of His glory. It's a blessing you know, to be in Christ because we have been predestined from the beginning, before the foundation of the world, it, we've been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. We hang on to that. Because it's already been predestined. Whatever is going on in our lives, whatever difficult seasons are coming our way, whatever trials we have to endure, it's been predestined according to His purposes. And it's our our, the response that we need to have, of course, is a response of obedience to, to, to follow that command, to go through that trial, but with the confidence that God is in control and God's will ultimately will be fulfilled in and through that trial. And ultimately, of course, God is going to be glorified in and in in, in through that trial. So we hang on to that. Now here, the disciples trusted Jesus and were obedient to His command by getting on that boat and sailing away, not really knowing what to expect, right? They just got on that boat and start sa- started sailing away. And many times we do, we do the same, you know, as we obey His commands and allow Him to lead, a lot of times we really don't know what His plan is for us, isn't it? That's usually a lot of, the, a lot of times that's what happens. As He leads us, as he, he calls us, many times we don't know where He's leading us to. But many times, definitely we need to be stepping out in faith. And that's what it's all about. We step out in faith, and we feel that calling in our hearts that, 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 that the Lord is moving us this direction, in this path. We, we, we have the confidence that, again, He is in control, and ultimately there's going to be something good down that path, as difficult as it is to follow that path. So as we experience those trials, we are ultimately called to obey God's will and respond to the trial in a way that's aligned to His purposes and His plan. In verse 46, it says, And when He had sent them away, He departed to the mountain to pray. Now, why would Jesus go up to the mountain to pray? I mean, this just this big miracle just happened. And he sent out the disciples away, and all of a sudden he's going to the mountain to pray. I mean, who was he going to pray for? For who? For who? Of course, it was the disciples, right? He knew that the disciples would soon be in the midst of a powerful and dangerous storm. So here we see Jesus interceding for them to the Father, for he knew what was going to happen uh, in this storm. And so too in our lives... You know, Jesus will intercede for us and pray for us in and through those difficult seasons. And that is the loving and caring God that we serve. He knows us in such a personal way. He could sympathize and intercede for us. And we, and we are confident that Jesus our Lord is praying and interceding for us when those difficult times come our way. 
And that's a blessing being in Christ. In Hebrews 4.14.16 it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And in Hebrews 7.25 it says, He always lives to make intercession for us. Now in John 17 verse 9-10, it states how Jesus really, He did pray for His disciples. As He prays for us, and it says, I pray for them, I do not pray for the world, but for those whom You have given Me. For they are Yours, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. So our Lord is our high priest who intercedes for us during those times of trouble. He loves us. He knows our every need. He will sympathize with our every hurt. And that's the God that we serve. You know, so as we face those storms of life, you know, we could be confident that, that Jesus our Lord will be interceding for us. And as we are all called to pray as we enter trials, right? We could also be confident that our Lord is also praying for us. And that's a good thing, right? We were assured and we're confident that He has our back and He's not going to leave us. In verse 48 it says, He saw them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. Even though it was dark into the night, Jesus was still able to keep watch over the disciples. So you're, you're, it's into the, in, into the night, it's dark, and, and Jesus is up in the mound, but He still has His eyes on the disciples as they're struggling for their lives, working through this storm. And that is the blessing that we also hang on to, that as believers, when those storm stormy seasons do come when those dark times come our way you know we could also uh, know and and in confidence that Jesus will continue to watch over us you know in those dark times when we feel that we're alone and 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 we can't turn to anybody Jesus is it has us he's carrying us and he has his eye on us and he's going to watch us through the whole trial so we rest assured in that and we shouldn't fret. As believers, we have that promise. And He will keep us under the shadow of His wing. He is our watchtower, isn't He? And He is our fortress. He will deliver us. And we hang on to those promises. In Psalm 91, verses 1-2, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. So we trust in Him. We trust in our Lord. And as we face those trials, our Lord will keep watch over us and never lose sight of us, even if we lose sight of Him. And isn't that the case many times? As we enter those trials, those major trials, we get so focused on the, on the circumstance, on the trial, that we tend to lose sight of Jesus. And that does happen. In verse 48, 
It says, now about the fourth watch of the night, this was about three in the morning, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. So in the midst of this powerful storm, Jesus in his divine perfect timing, he comes to the disciples. Perfect timing. And after they had been rowing and rowing frantically all night, he comes to them. But interestingly, what does it say? That he would have passed them by. Now, one would expect that with this powerful storm and the danger of losing their lives at sea, and they've been frantically rowing, that they would stop rowing, right? And get on their knees and start praying, Jesus, deliver us, rescue us. But what did they do? They didn't do that, right? They kept on rowing and rowing. And, and try to maneuver the, the situation in their own strength and in their own effort. So just imagine those disciples. They were tired. They had been rowing all night. And they're working against this powerful storm. The, the, the waves are coming at them. The, 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 the powerful wind is going against them. They're rowing frantically. And they're trying to get to the other side of the sea. But they're not moving. They're in the same place. And how often do we do that as we face trials? We neglect to pray and we try to maneuver the situation in our own strength and in our, in our own efforts, don't we? How often do we continue to strive to continue to row frantically against those storms of life and fail to call on Jesus in prayer and ask for His help? It's human nature. We don't rely on divine strength, but we rely on our own human effort to try to get us out of these difficult seasons. But prayer, of course, should be the first thing, right, that we should be turning to in the midst of difficulty. And not just when those trials come, but we should be in prayer in, 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 a, in, in a regular routine and even before those trials come to be prayed up and to be able to handle those trials even uh, in a better way, in a spiritual way. How often in, in the time of difficulties do we neglect to get in His Word for the wisdom that we need, for the, the direction that we need, for the encouragement that we need, and for the strengthening that we need as we face the trials? You know, it's all here. You know, and, and as we face those storms of light, those difficulties in our life, we need to turn to His Word. His Word will direct us. His Word will counsel us. His Word will comfort us. And His Word will reassure us. But unfortunately, we many times we get so caught up in the trial that we fail to turn to His Word. God promises us, you know, that if we call on Him, He will answer whether it be through prayer or through His Word. Jesus promises rest, and He promises peace if we lean on Him in those difficult times. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says, Come to Me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For My yoke is easy, and My burden is light. So God is our strength. You know, God is our comfort. And God is our hope. 
And God wants to be our deliverer out of these difficult trials. You know, in Isaiah 40, 31, it says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's a promise that the Lord has that as He calls us and we obey His calling and, and we go to the direction that He wants us to go or He allows us to go through those trials, we are to lean on Him and we first wait on Him too because we might be crying out to Him as those trials come and, and, and we're crying out to Him, we're praying, Lord, deliver me out of this trial, but we still need to wait on Him. Because ultimately it's according to His divine timing, right? When He's going to intervene. But He promises us again that He's going to strengthen us and He's going to renew us in a way that only He can. And that again is a promise that we hold on to. You know, so we are called to, to God in those difficult uh, seasons but you know we still need to be patient and wait on Him to respond. But what's our natural expectation as we cry out to Him? We want Him to respond right away, right? That's our human nature. That's the, the expectancy that we have. You know, God, I'm crying out to You now. You respond to me right now. And, and we're not patient. But we do need to be patient for God to work in those difficult seasons according to His divine uh, uh, timing. Now, here it says Jesus would have passed them by. Now, some would have interpreted this by saying that Jesus was waiting for the disciples to call on Him before He would get on the boat. You know, so He, 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 he would have passed them by, and some would interpret uh, that they, Jesus wanted them to pray, out, pray to Him and, and ask for His deliverance. You know, but what did they do? They kept on rowing. Another interpretation would be that he was still wanted them to that he still needed to do a work in their hearts and strengthen their faith and their dependence on him so he didn't want to get on the boat right away. But either way, Jesus was there and he was he was there to work in and through their hearts and to strengthen their faith and their dependence on him. In our lives, you know, sometimes the Lord will allow us to remain in trials for a long time. And it may be weeks, it may be many years that He allows trials to happen in our, in our lives. And even though you know, it's hard to, to, to continue in that, in that mode through that trial, we still need to be faithful in our walks. We still need to, 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 to continue to fellowship with Him. And ultimately, we still need to, 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 uh, uh, to worship Him for who He is no matter if this trial continues to, to, to go on and on. And many times He does allow us to remain in the trials, ultimately because He needs to still do a work. And He does, all, does this ultimately, of course, to glorify His name and ultimately silence Satan. You remember what happened to, to Job? You know, he had been put through a trial after another, 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 another trial. He lost everything. And at the end, what did he do? He still worshipped the Lord. He still worshipped Him. And maybe some of you have been in a trial for a long time. And maybe you feel that God has not answered your prayers as Job. 
you still need to continue to be faithful and continue to worship Him. And your perseverance and continued love for Him will serve as a testimony for His name. And ultimately it will be a testimony for others who are watching on how you are handling this trial. And it's always according to God's perfect timing as to when He will deliver us from those trials. In verse 49, it says, And when they saw Him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost, and cried out, for they all saw Him and were troubled. Now, despite witnessing the miracles of Jesus, and this recent miracle that Jesus had done with the feeding of the 5,000, the disciples at this time still did not believe this was Jesus walking on the sea. They thought it was a ghost, and they were afraid, and they were troubled. They had doubts and did not have the confidence in the power of Jesus. And part of the reason may have been because they were so overwhelmed and focused in this this uh, storm and, and trying to row and row, that they were blinded to the reality of Jesus and His saving power. And that can happen, right? You know, we all have experienced the saving power of Jesus in our lives, haven't we? And we can now experience, of course, victory over the power of sin, and we see how His sanctifying power in our lives continues to transform us. And those are good things, right? But what happens when those trials come, when those difficult seasons come? How often do we have doubts and do not have the confidence in His power that He will help us through that trial? We lose faith. Do we really, truly believe that Jesus is at work in and through our difficult seasons? Are we going to trust in His strength to help us get through? And it's in those trying times that we are not to lose hope in Christ. You know, and, and, and it is during those storms of life that our faith will be tested and it will be matured. You know, in Romans 5, 3, 5 says, Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now in verse 50, what does it say? It says, but immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Now in the midst of their fear and their apprehension, Jesus tells them these three encouraging things. To be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Very encouraging things to, that the disciples had to, to hear in, their, in, their, in, in this state of, of fear that they were in. Now, be of good cheer means to have an attitude of joy and be courageous. Okay, because the great I am was there with them. And that was encouraging for them. Jesus here instantly gave the disciples comfort and encouragement and helped them turn their fear into joy. And this is the compassionate God that, that, that we serve who could turn our tears and our sorrow into joy. And God calls us you know, to have an attitude of joy when we encounter trials, right? 
We are all familiar with James chapter 1 verses 2, 4. It says, my, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And in 2 Corinthians 7, 4, the Apostle Paul addresses the Corinthian church and tells them, I am exceedingly joyful. In our tribulation. Now this is Paul who had gone through some horrendous trials. And yet he was filled with joy through it all. And that is the same attitude of joy that we all need to have as we enter those trials. As difficult as the trial is. As serious as the trial is. We still need to express a joy through it all. And... As Christians, we should be different. Because we can lean on His strength. You know, we can lean on His promises. We can lean on His hope. And the worst thing to see is a Christian who always is depressed and moping every time that they're in a trial. That's not a good testimony. You know, we need to realize that people are watching us, how we deal with those trials, and that alone can be a witness to those who do not know Christ. You know, so we need to be careful. As we face trials, we can also be encouraged by hanging on to His promises that He will not leave us or forsake us, and we need to do it with an attitude of joy. Now, I know some of you are experiencing some serious trials. And and I'm not saying it's 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 not a good thing to to have a sorrow over that, but it should be turned into joy because we know that God is working through that situation for you. And ultimately it's going to be worked according to His will. And ultimately it's going to be for your own good. So we rely on those promises. You know, verse four, uh, verse uh, 51 and 52 says, He went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased. So in Jesus' perfect timing, He gets on the boat and He calms the storm. Now, in Jesus' perfect timing, he, he, he was able to do that. And we see, too, in, in, in our trials, that God will work according to His perfect will and according to His perfect timing. And in the midst of those storms, we all need to be patient and wait on the Lord to intervene. Let's not get impatient and let's not lose hope that God is not going to intervene in this trial. Because ultimately, again, it's according to His timing. And we need to hang on to that and not lose hope. Don't get discouraged. You know, keep on waiting on the Lord and He's going to deliver you according to His will and according to His timing. You know, it says that they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. Now, they had not grasped nor understood the true power of Jesus from the previous miracles. And and the disciples here, they lacked faith in God in how they handled the storm. And it's possible, you know, to know uh, Jesus, to know His Word, and still lack faith in those difficult times. You know, let's go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 14 and... And we'll we'll, uh, finish the study with these scriptures. In Matthew chapter 14, 
verses 27 through 33. In this, this section, in Matthew's version, it's the same story, but it includes the account of Peter walking on the water. That's Matthew chapter 14, verses 27 through 33. And well, let's pick it up in verse 27. It says, But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to uh, sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshipped him saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now here Jesus rebukes Peter's lack of faith and indirectly also rebukes the lack of faith the rest of the disciples demonstrated. He tells them, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, how often do we lack faith in God's ability to miraculously and divinely intervene in our trials? You know, how often do we doubt the true power of God to work in our lives? You know, Lord, help us with our unbelief. You know, we are all called to walk by faith and not by sight. And here Peter, he starts walking on the water, but as soon as he's focused on the circumstance, and he starts noticing the water and the wind uh, coming his way, you know, he, he loses focus on Jesus, and he loses faith. Fear overwhelms him, and he begins to sink. And are we truly living out our faith through those difficult times? Are we truly believing that Jesus is with us and He's going to carry us through those trials? Let's not allow the trial to make us lose focus in Jesus and what He can do. We need to continue keeping that focus in Him. You know, a few months back, about six months ago, and I shared it with some of you, but not all of you, uh, you know, I, I was put through a trial. And it was a health concern. You know, there was a, some te- preliminary testing that, that kind of uh, leaned more. It looked like I may, I, may, I may have had cancer. So further testing needed to be done. And, and I really feel that that trial, I needed to uh, have experienced. The Lord had to work out some issues in my heart. And, and the way I, I, I felt that I was so uh, uh, self-sufficient and not really totally dependent on Him, I felt I didn't need to see anybody regarding my health. So He had to produce His trial for me, allow me to experience His trial in a way where He had to work out some issues in my heart. And, 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 I, and I praise Him that He did. You know, so, as, of course, as we, I had to do these, these further tests to see if it was cancer, you know, I, 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 I surrendered it to Him. You know, and, and, and I, I, of course, I had my wife, my family praying for me, and I had you guys praying, and, and it was a good thing, you know, because, of course, the testing came back normal. It wasn't cancer. But in and through it all, 
I, I realized what God was doing. He had to put me through that to remind me that He is our all-sufficiency. You know, we can't be feeling like we're in control. Even our health. He controls every aspect of it. And I truly believe that it was a power of His healing power and, and His faithfulness in answering the prayers of the saints that allow this outcome to be a favorable outcome. And I praise Him because I know now that I could I could give Him the glory. I share that testimony to others and they see the power of Christ in and through our trials. And So now, you know, as I minister, I'm able to minister to others who are experiencing similar experiences, and even with my patients, I'm able to to minister to them in a way that that just to remind them of, of the healing power of God and, and the hope that there is in Christ. You know, so it's ultimately for His glory, and and He's a He is a He's a He's a great God who will cover us. And, and praise Him for that. In Jeremiah 33.3, it says, call, me, call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So as we call on Him, as we cry out to Him, He will show us great and mighty things that we do not know. As He puts us through those trials, He will show us some great things down the road. At the end of that trial... It's going to be evident. Okay, this is what God had to do to put me through this difficult season, through this difficult trial. He was at work, and we do not know many times again what, what lies ahead as we go through that difficult path. But only He knows. And we need to trust in that and be confident that, again, He's going to work out things for good. And now you may be going through an overwhelming trial that appears to have no end, and you may be at a point where you have lost faith in God's intervention. And I want just to encourage you again that you need to continue to believe that with God all things are possible, right? And and in His perfect timing, and according to His perfect will, He will intervene. And the storm here definitely strengthened the disciples' faith in the person and power of Jesus. Now, God will use our trials to refine us, to strengthen us, to perfect our faith, and to strengthen our dependence in Him. Now, in verse 33 of this Matthew 14, it says, Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped Him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now, we see God ultimately uses the storm to glorify His name. And the faith of these disciples was strengthened, and it was transformed. And in our trials, God will also be ultimately uh, glorified in His name. Now, First Peter one six nine says, "In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith be <clears throat> being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ." Whom having not seen, you love. Though not, though now you do not see Him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. 
You know, so as Christians, we are called to a different standard when it comes to trials. And we're, we're called to, to be set apart on how we handle those trials. And we handle the trials in a way that ultimately will bring glory to His name. It's going to glorify Him. And that's our job, our calling as we face trials. We're going to see how is God going to be glorified in this trial. And He will be. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 through 11 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. And then in 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18, it says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are not which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now this is Paul writing to the Corinthians and and and, and he had gone through some horrendous trials, Paul, and yet he considered these trials as light afflictions and temporary and in no comparison to the eternal glory that was to come. You know, so uh, this is, should be encouraging for all of us believers that as we face those difficulties in life, they are only temporal and do not compare to the eternal glory that we look forward to. And that's the blessing of being a believer in Christ. You know, in heaven, there will be no more tears, no more suffering, no more pain. Amen? I'd like to just close with reading Romans in chapter 8. And in verses 31 through 39, just to remind us again who we are in Christ. In Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake... We are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you, Lord, for who you are.
the sovereign God who is able to control every aspect of our lives, Lord. We thank you that you are a God who is faithful to carry us through those trials, through those storms of life that you put us through, Lord. We thank you that we could rely on your promises, on your strength, on your direction, on your guidance as we endure those trials. And we thank you that you are at work in and through those trials. We thank you that ultimately you are going to do a work in our lives and ultimately it's going to glorify your holy name, Lord. So I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are in control of all aspects of our life and I thank you, we thank you for the trials that you put us through and as we continue praying, I just want to invite any of you who may not know Jesus may not have accepted Jesus in your heart and would like to accept Jesus right now in your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, I just want to extend that invitation to any of you who want to do that now, I just want to pray for you Uh, Anybody uh, who wants to do that could raise your hand right now. Just want to pray for you. Now, if there's anybody here who may be in a trial now, that you may feel that there is no hope. Maybe you've been in this trial for a while and you feel like there's no way out and you want God to intervene in in a powerful way as He promises and you need that reassurance that He will respond and you need prayer in that. I'd like to just pray for any of you guys who are undergoing those kind of uh, trials, the different forms of trials that we talked about. Just go ahead and raise your hand. I just want to pray for you guys. just want to remind you again that God is in the throne and he's in control of every one of your trials. Let's pray for you. Lord God, we do thank you for these people that have raised their hands and we thank you, Lord, that they they are uh, crying out to you for your deliverance, for your hand of intervention in whatever trial that they're experiencing. We ask that you just give them that encouragement, that reassurance, fill them with your spirit, give them the strength and, 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 and remind them that you are in control of that that difficult storm that they are uh, currently in, Lord. We thank you that you you will ultimately work things out for them. But again, we ask that you just remind them that you're there with them and you're going to carry them through this trial and they're going to be strengthened in their faith and their de- in their dependence in you, Lord. Ultimately, let you be glorified in, any of, every, in every of these trials, Lord. So we thank you for this time. We thank you for this evening. And we just ask that you just uh, go before us and continue just to uh, lead and guide us in everything that we do in our lives. In Jesus' name.